turns out it's a lost in time clock and whoever runs out of it is lost in time and must be assisted by those that own the clock. Otherwise, they'll turn into a clock themselves. Yeah. Now, do, now, do they turn into a lost in time clock or just a normal clock? Because if it's just a normal clock, then is that a clock like Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast? Or is it a, a, a stationary clock that doesn't doesn't talk if you're still sentient if you're still conscious but you've got no way of expressing that you're a clock who thinks yeah it, oh, you're yeah. a thinking man's clock yeah exactly then that that would be terrifying boring most importantly very boring <laughs> You'd quite literally um, be watching time go by yeah would exactly be, yeah yeah, it would, yeah so, so you, you're a sentient clock that cannot interact is that what yeah, you're saying yeah yeah however it could be a great way of uh of s- circumventing uh, the cost of buying a yeah. new product. You never never have to purchase stock again. You just keep letting people out, not helping them, and then uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. Getting someone else to let someone out. Oh yeah, so yeah, because the person who doesn't yeah, help yeah, them yeah, then yeah. becomes yes. Yeah, and then just the, the person the, the, that you're meant to help, you just get you get them to open it next time. So you need one sacrifice. You sell someone this clock, and then you don't tell them about the curse, so that when they then turn into a clock, you've got the cash, and you've now got some new stock that you can sell again. And sell that it. is a sustainable business model. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three mighty morphin mammals review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, my name is Phil and I am the captain of this here vessel coasting along the sea of nostalgia. So stay safe, enjoy the sights, smells and the free buffet. Joining me on this cruise is my loyal crew of nitwits. My number two is Graham Riley. Hello Graham. Hi, hi, Captain. Uh, everything is ship shape. Um, yep. Uh, I'm yeah. Looking forward to um, casting pod. I was trying to think of another ship pun. I couldn't. And my other shipmate. Well, he's rising through the ranks. He's been the cabin boy, captain's lad, and now he's the ship's mast debater. It's Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. Well, I'm giving you a bit of a stern look here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Stand up and take a bow. I'm, yeah. I'm going to need a drink of port here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I can't be bothered listing the ways in which that was uh, that that was um, a complete uh, derailment. Of, wasn't uh, it was very masterful. Well, it was not. And and you can always count it to not be rigged. What a wanker! <sighs> so this is episode two of season four, entitled "Dream." A little dreamer, me. And if you remember last episode, when I asked for your thoughts, you seemed fixated on the events of Freddy Krueger, Graham. Uh, so are you uh, disappointed that it's not about nightmare murders or sex? Yeah, well, just, just, I don't know, just, just, you know, something a little, you know, more, I don't know, kind of like, you know, you need, you need to grab people's attention here in here in season four. You need to make people go, whoa, that, you know, that's episode of Sabrina with all the sex, or that episode of Sabrina where all the teens got, got mutilated. You know, that, that, 
you know, yeah, just 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 something a bit, just something a bit more shocking, just something you know, well, sort of breathe life into perhaps you know a stagnating formula. Graham, 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 don't forget we've had reference to an orgy before. Exactly, we certainly have. So it's not too much to hope for. In this episode, we get a little glimpse of what Brad is truly like. Uh, we've already had new dad, new Gale, so naturally we now meet new Val, and we actually get to see the workings of our new overarching narrative. So, chaps, how does it feel to see what our season four could entail of i feel like this episode in itself was actually quite quick Mm, yeah i feel like it covered a lot of ground and very little time i think perhaps if they didn't have all the sort of britney stuff to get out the way um yeah no i reckon if it weren't for the film this would have been the opener yeah Um, with, with, with 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 just the the introduction of well, the, 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 the start of last episode, yeah. and then it goes on to the Obvi- start of this episode, yeah. Yeah, obviously we did meet Brad already, um, but we didn't meet Dreamer. Um, and possibly their, but both of their introductions and you know their sort of true purpose could have been spaced out over the two episodes instead of, you know, a very sort of, almost like a cramming sort of uh, session yeah. that we got here. It, it, it was good to see everything properly get um, underway um, for all I said about it being a stagnant formula. It seems like, you know, there's this, you know, a lot of uh, directions to go in with this season. There's there's one key direction, which we will uncover. But the, 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 Brad, the Brad stuff, though, is very, very very interesting. Oh, it's very interesting, yeah, because, you know, with Brad, not only is he, um, you know, a threat to Sabrina in terms of school life, but also it seems uh, that he's also going to be a threat to her in terms of the magical life she leads as well. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, enough dilly-dallying. Uh, let's crack on. Uh, the episode opens on Sabrina with a cookout, a highly irritating antique clock that is driving everyone insane, apart from Hilda, who is allegedly not bothered by it at all. Uh, the same can't be said about her violin, however, However, as she blows that up, literally, I think there's there's like an actual explosion here, just for the sake of finding a career change. This yeah. is an actual explosion. It's like some Jerry Anderson shit. This. Yeah, an actual pyrotechnic explosion which goes off in the studio of a violin. <laughs> yeah. That you know, there could be some you know really huge risk of splinters. I mean, you know, like the cast are not stood that far away from it. No goggles, no anything. Where was the health and safety on that? Tony... Um, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. But Tony, you know, what are you doing? Why, well, well why? Tony's gone. We said he, he Tony, left during season three. He did, he did work a little bit on um, he Driving Crazy. On Gary Tracy. You see, this is why I was saying last episode we needed an in memoria so we know we oh, know yeah. who wasn't joining us for this season. Well, we won't miss Tony. Well, we're glad to be rid of Tony. Yeah, that's true. Fucking blow that violin up. Yeah, yeah. fucking Tony. All right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah, 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 I agree with you, Chris. I mean, if it wasn't for all the Britney shit in the last episode, uh, I'd say this would have been the season open, you know, with all these all these bloody explosions. There you uh, go, that, that's how you grab someone's attention, you blow shit up. It's never going to be no spectacular set piece, because someone did throw a set at a train. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this is, uh, yes, yeah, so it's uh, off to a, 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 a violent start. <laughs> I was about to say flying, but also violent. Oh. A oh. violin start. Oh yeah, because yeah, it didn't really good, work, good, did it at all? N- not very, not very well orchestrated. Yeah, all things considered, didn't string it together well, did I? No, you didn't. Take Voila. <laughs> <laughs> so Salem decides to destroy the godforsaken clock. And speaking of godforsaken, we're at the opening titles, where I don't think we'll ever get over the lack of a mirror gag. So to combat that, at the top of every episode, we're going to unleash our own version of the fabled mirror gag. Uh, and this week, that job is Graham. So Graham. Reveal 
This week's Mirror Gag. Okay, so picture, if you will, obviously the, the traditional setup, the, the purple background, the mirror. Uh, Sabrina is uh, dressed as Big Ben. Well, okay. rather is dressed as the um, cock tower of the Palace of Westminster, because Big, Big ben, ben is the bell. Big Ben is yes, the bell. She's yes, not yes. dressed as the bell. She's not dressed as the bell. She's, she's dressed, dressed as, as the, the cock tower, tower which okay. houses Big Ben. Got okay. you. Okay. She's dressed as Big Ben's digs. Yeah, so... So her face, ha- you know, her face is the cock face. It has the, you know, yeah. the, the hands and the, the things painted on it. And she says, I'm not doing the mirror gag. I'm on strike. You know, I could have come up with something really funny, but that wouldn't have been in the spirit of things now, would it? <laughs> Sabrina pops in the kitchen with not a board for protesting, but a board supposed to contain all of Westbridge's greatest achievements. But it's blank. Not to worry, though, as Sabs is using it as her audition piece to be editor of the school's yearbook. Uh, we get the starts of a um, sort of an ongoing uh, joke throughout this episode where uh, everyone keeps mistaking Sabrina for actually protesting something because, you know, she's she's that kind of student. Uh, but, uh, no, this is this is to do with the, uh, the, the editor role of the Westbridge paper. Uh, Zelda warns her not to take out too many extracurricular activities this year as the Witches' Council have decided that this year she shall mentor a witch to help her get her licence. She ain't no quiz master as they get paid. Yeah, I was... Uh... I was a little upset about that. Quizmaster bit getting paid, that's fine. But if she's not a quizmaster and she's a mentor, where was Sabrina's mentor? Unless wow. unless it's a, a recently passed edict by the Witches' Council. So maybe they're actually getting rid of quizmasters altogether and phasing them out by introducing mentors. Yeah, they're making 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 cuts to the public sector, the witch Tories have got in, so they're, yeah. they're laying off all the quizmasters. Yeah. And... and it's like jury service. Yeah. Everyone's got to do it. Everyone's yeah. got to do it. Big, big, big society, you know, yeah. um, kind, yeah, yeah, of, kind, yeah. of, kind of situation. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess what they're doing is they're planning on getting rid of all the current quizmasters, but they're going to hire 40,000 more over the next several years. Yeah, yeah. So, so they've got rid of all of them, and then they said that they're just going to replace half of them. Yeah, yeah. something that I imagine yeah, they, imagine, they, imagine over half the other realm would vote for. Yeah, they're, 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 they're basically what they're saying is that they're promising 50,000 new quizmasters over the next five years. Yeah. However, what they haven't told you is 19,000 of those will be pre-existing mentors. Right. And no one's getting paid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're in school and Mr. Craft is furious at the thought of what Sabrina is protesting about now. But he's then overjoyed by the thought of shooting down Sabrina's request for yearbook editor as he heads the judging panel. Hey, great line that you missed again, kind of back on politics. He thinks she's protesting, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, doesn't he? And he says, uh, if this was China, I could run you over with a tank. Yes. <laughs> he says very, very, very gleefully. Yes. Yeah. She bumps into Harvey, who forgot to write her a letter of recommendation for the role, as, and if it couldn't get any worse, it does, as New Girl Dreamer sets off a devastating domino effect of people falling over and flinging coffee all over Sabrina and her audition board. I mean, the bottom line is, who carries coffee in an open-topped paper cup? I know, he, he was asking for trouble. All he he said was, was asking for trouble. He's, he's asking for trouble. Yeah. Unless he was looking for trouble. Oh. He could have been a crisis actor, is what I'm saying. Oh. oh. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, Dreamer, who has Valerie's kind of nervousness. Yep. With an added physical, as well as verbal, um, clumsiness. She, yeah, she has no spatial awareness, which, as a dyspraxic person can relate this is representation uh, and obviously her name's dreamer because as i pointed out her head is always in the clouds it yeah. certainly is and this is dream 
Dream, dream map. map. Yeah. With D-R-E-A-M. A on the end. Which so it's Dream with an A. Because I, I, I was confused. I knew it wasn't ER because all the other characters spend the episode going Dreamer. <laughs> Dreamer. So, uh, Mah. Each one has their own has their own take on it, but n- none of them is Mah. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, Dreamer, the uh, the new girl in the in the school, and the one that's going to be the new best friend for Sabrina. So, like everyone else we meet, let's introduce the actor portraying her. So, um, so who is she? China Shavers. Yes. Say hello to Miss China Shavers. China Shavers. Yeah, you heard Excellent. that right. That's um, correct. She was in another high school, well, a high school drama called Boston Public. A little while after this, that was her only real recurring role. She did a couple of National Lampoon films. Well, actually, the straight to DVD, like, um, um, like sort of later ones, I think. But still, been in them. Oh, been she in was. Them. Oh no, she was in yeah National Lampoon's Adam and Eve, which I yeah. think was a theatrical release. Mm. She was in not another team movie as well. Yeah, and uh, most recently, she took quite a long break from acting, from what I could see. Yeah, nine um, years. Yeah, wow. And most recently, she is part of the new Twilight Zone series. Okay. Where yeah. she's in the Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet. I've not seen the new Twilight Zone, but I think that is a remake of the really famous episode with Chapner. You know, there's a gremlin on the way. Uh, that that that's more or less that's it. it for yeah. She was born, born in 1977. Yes. Yeah, so, so as you were saying, Graham, about representation and all, uh, we've obviously already got Brad, who is John. Oh yes, yeah. We need, we we need to talk a little about Brad. Yes, John Huertas, who um, is a um, Gulf War first Gulf War. I knew it'd be like, the first Gulf War? Well, that's the early 90s, and here he is playing a teenager in 1999. Yes, because he's fucking old. (laughs) He was born in 1969. He would have turned 30 the year that uh, this season uh, premiered. Very Um, standard Americanized teenage dramas casting 30-year-olds as teenagers. Yeah, he looks looks pretty fresh-faced, but, you know, at least, you know, like... A lot of makeup. At least MJH and uh, Nate Richard and China Shavers um, are, like, yeah... All in the I think early twenties, yeah, born in like the late nineteen seventies. But he's n- near a decade older than they are. Um, but yeah, he he was yeah he was a, in the air force in the first Gulf War, uh, and he also was in a TV show about the second Gulf War, that being Generation Kill. Um, and uh, he was in Castle. He oh, got married his... in he got married in Mexico. Sorry, you keep if you keep reading, reading uh, people's Wikipedia entries, uh, you can get these things. So with John Huertas, you know we we've got a Puerto Rican actor and China Shavers is is a black actor, uh, which is great representation and oddly surprising uh, in this particular circumstance because we're still in the risky late 90s and racial stereotyping, as we know, is still very much at large. In the last bloody episode, we had uh, anti-Japanese and anti-French sentiments. (laughs) Across town, meanwhile, and Hilda heads up to the clock shop to buy a new piece and ends up running the shop. Seems like the new career change has come at the right time. So I was thinking, uh, maybe Hilda has just gotten a little confused. I mean, she wouldn't necessarily have any interest in a clock shop, but a Glock shop? Yes. Uh, so she buys the clock shop, and the shop owner went and then bought a bar. Uh, back in school, and Harvey still hasn't written a letter of recommendation for Sabrina, but I didn't care, because chaps, it's the first inspirational school poster of season four. Here we go. For success, attitude is just as important as ability. Come again? So you need attitude. Damn right! Yep, you need to be talented, but sassy about it. I I only caught the poster right at the last second, and I thought that attitude was altitude. Well, I mean, if if you're a pilot, then altitude is important, I guess. I mean, you could be a great pilot, but you're not technically if you're, I guess, flying at ground level. 
you know, <laughs> you've got, no, that's not that Phil, mate. That's not that's not flying. That's driving. I'd say well, not if you just. I'd boat. say if you don't have altitude as a pilot, then you don't have ability. <laughs> At least not as a pilot, anyway. No. To make matters worse, that new girl dreamer leaves wreckage wherever she walks as she knocks Harvey over, trips into a man's crotch, and knocks over Sabrina's schoolwork twice. We then learn that she's very bright, but not so great with her magic. Uh, At home and Zelda is livid to hear that Hilda has bought the clock shop because A, the location is awful, and B, she don't know a thing about clocks. Uh, Glocks, maybe, as we discussed, but not clocks. In school and Dreamer causes drama yet again by tearing one of Sabrina's sleeves, so she magically repairs it. But Harvey's mate Brad gets a funny old feeling about it, almost like he sensed the magic happening. And and then we get a lovely little bit of uh, co-conspiratorialism between... uh, uh, Mr. Kraft and Brad. Um, yes, there is something strange about that girl. Yeah. Mm, so, yes. so we kind of have a forging of a bond between Mr. Kraft and Brad, which obviously officially makes him the new Libby. Yeah. But with the added thing of, well, one, his suspicions about her magic, which Libby didn't really share with Mr. Kraft. She just no, she just dislikes. She just dislikes Rita because she was a nerd. Um, and also, even, even though Libby was quite e- was quite easily able to manipulate Harvey into sort of, you know, mislead Harvey into thinking she had good intentions. Like, the fact that Brad is actually, like, Harvey's best friend mm-hmm. gives him an added sort of way to interfere. So it's all... Some storm clouds are gathering, and I tell you guys, I can't wait for the rain. <laughs> but this bond that's been formed with Mr. Kraft, it's it's really great, and it's very different as well to what Libby had with Mr. Kraft, because I guess this is kind of a bond between, you know, man and man. Yeah, um, it's like, kind of like a, yeah, kind of like a me and my boy kind of thing, because Mr. Kraft hates women, so he can he can never have that kind of relationship with Libby, I don't think. So mm. yeah, there's a bit more of sort of like a, yeah, a bit more of the father figure kind of uh, situation going on. I, for one, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, relationship blooming over this season, especially seeing as, you know, two episodes in, we're not entirely sure whether Mr. Kraft and Zelda are still a thing. So, I mean, the, the you know, I guess the jury's still out on that one. But until now, it's nice to see Mr. Kraft still mingling with other people, opposed to being a really mean uh, social recluse, I guess. Uh, so hopefully we get to see this wonderfully evil relationship grow. Uh, because of his suspicious interest in Sabrina, he naturally gets on wonderfully with Mr. Kraft, who suggests that he be in charge of the school's yearbook. Speaking of being in charge, Sabrina learns that the young witch she's supposed to train up is in fact that dangerous girl from her school, Dreamer. So naturally, she's horrified about the task ahead of her. And this is when we find out that Dreamer uses her magic by tugging on her ear. Yes. yes. Well, it reminded me, obviously, of uh, uh, Dashiell, who used his magic by uh, scratching his head. Uh, We also had Diamond Dave, who used magic, you know, by rolling his dice. So it got me thinking, are the Spellmans the only ones who use magic by pointing their fingers? Maybe, yeah, maybe it's it's family traits. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe maybe it is a a family sort of genealogy where, oh, our magic comes out of our fingers. Dashiell's family was, you scratch your head. And Dreamer's family is you pull your ear. So does that mean the Spellmans have perhaps always been authoritative figures then? Dreamer's family yeah. were Dreamer's family were bidded frequently in auctions. So. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Davis is a gambler, so obviously rolls yeah. the dice. And yeah. Dashiell, yeah, just is always constantly confused. Maybe Dashiell's family came from a big line of hairy, big-haired witches who were always battling dandruff. Well, mm. maybe that's why he shaved. Maybe that's why he shaved it to yes. uh, avoid avoid any dandruff. She also learns that if she doesn't help improve Dreamer's magic, Sabrina will lose her license and be deported. Yes, deported to that place in the other realm where what's-her-face is from. You know, you know that place where all the... Oh, yeah. Witches go? 
Like male superior. Like male superior. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, uh, just just so the uh, our listeners can understand how shite Dreamer's magic is, she tugs on her ear to get a, f- a bunch of flowers and produces a bag of flour. Yeah. Then she tries again to get a bouquet of flowers and she gets two large bags of flour. And then at one point we turn back and see her holding loaves of bread. Well, I think it was like what it was before, uh, you know, how, you know, the, the confusion over the, the, the flower and the, the flowers. Um, so I guess she meant trying to make a, you know, a, a bouquet of flowers and she made a baguette of flowers. A ba- What? A well, baguette it, of flowers? Instead of, instead of bouquet, you can get baguette. <laughs> baguette. Bouquet, baguette. <laughs> So I guess this is the overarching story then this season. More high stakes peril for Sabrina. Not only has she got to be responsible for her own magic, but there's also got to be responsibility for somebody else's. Well, as as the show has progressed, we've noticed that Sabrina's magic is getting better. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the writers were like, oh, well, she's improved her magic, so she can't really cast that many poor spells. I know what we'll do. We'll introduce a poor spell caster. Yay! <laughs> So she has something to clean up, because she won't be cleaning up her own messes anymore. That's true. She'll be cleaning up dreamers. Yeah. Back in school, and Sabrina is very loudly and very openly talking about being a witch and using her magic. So already, she's not setting a very good example. I love everybody going, (gasps) She tells Dreamer that she can't use magic in front of mortals here, but her authoritative attention dwindles to Harvey as he's yet again forgotten about the letter, and he also hasn't brought in those old yearbooks he promised, all because he was hanging out with Brad. What a Brad example he's setting. (laughs) He's got a Brad attitude. (laughs) He certainly has. Hilda, on the other hand, clock hands at that, phones Zelda as dozens of angry customers are demanding clocks from her. I think it's, she was worried that the business was going to fail because it's a niche uh, market and it's an apparently very hard to find place in the uh, centre of Westbridge. So, uh, But no, there was, a, I'd say, at least seven people yeah, at least, shouting at her. Yeah, at least, she's getting, at least she's getting custom. They're a bit outmoded these days, but in 1999, still a lot of people didn't have mobile phones. Or, or, or um, you know, computers with with accurate time on them. So yeah, yeah. yeah all the craze, I guess. But yeah, so so uh, yeah, so she's uh, so Zelda's come to sort of. Uh, well, she will be coming over. What do you say to, about the craze? Hmm? What do you say about the craze? No, the craze. Oh, <laughs> they were all the craze. <laughs> a fucking clock on the wall. <laughs> they would have had a, cl- a clock shop. <laughs> yeah, they would have had a clock shop definitely. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say about the craze? <laughs> Is one of them still alive? I think they're both dead now. All right. But they did do time for a while. Yeah, they did. (laughs) In school, and finally, other students acknowledge the girls talking about witchcraft. That's when we get the... And they also acknowledge Brad being a dickhead. So in an effort to help, Dreamer tries to send Brad back to Texas, but instead sends the pair of them to ye olde Texas. Yeah, to uh, the set of a a western. Yeah, Yeah, uh, I'm... I, I want to say that they were superimposed in. Yeah, the, 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 not, not bad. Not yeah. bad. Not badly superimposed in, but still superimposed in. But then, you know, we, we've, as we've said before, special effects tend to do pretty well. Although usually not like green screen work tends to not be. I think both it's a relatively cheaply made show and just generally late 90s, uh, you know, still a ways of a way to go with that sort of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, they look, look pretty good here. Quick question. More or less shonky than the Flying Hoover? Significantly less. <laughs> significantly and significantly less, less than uh, Zelda skiing as well. Oh, uh, oh god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 less than uh, the zebras. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Sabrina sends them back home, but obviously right behind Brad, who is once again incredibly suspicious, and Sabs gives Dreamer a reality check. Sorry, I pull before I think, she says. <laughs> I think we've all been there, love. <laughs> Sabrina leaves and Dreamer tries to help her trainer yet again by trying to fill the yearbook page with former students. But instead, she conjures up literal former students. She didn't She. She didn't say about, you know, pictures. She said people. Yeah. So yeah. of course the people would turn up. Yeah, I mean, you know, evidently her... Quizmaster hasn't uh, hadn't imparted upon her, or perhaps she didn't get one because of because of the cuts. Yeah, the spells have to be the incantations have to be specific. Yes, otherwise they backfire spectacularly, as Sabrina found many an occasion yeah. before she got her license. Back in the clock shop, and all is fine again, until an American football player runs out of a grandfather clock. Naturally, uh, it turns out it's a lost in time clock, and whoever runs out of it is lost in time and must be assisted by those that own the clock. Otherwise, they'll turn into a clock themselves. Yeah. Now, do, now, do they turn into a lost-in-time clock or just a normal clock? Because if it's just a normal clock, then is that a clock like Cogsworth from Beauty and the Beast, or is it a, a, a stationary clock that doesn't doesn't talk? If you're still sentient, if you're still conscious, but you've got no way of expressing that, you're a clock oh. who thinks. Yeah, it, oh, you're yeah. a thinking man's clock. Yeah, exactly. Then that that would be terrifying, boring. Most importantly, <laughs> very boring. You'd quite literally um, be watching time go by. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would, yeah. It, yeah so. so you're a sentient clock that cannot interact. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It would be scary to behold a cock that moved around and talked like um, the guy in Beauty and the Beast. But if you yourself were to be turned into one, I would rather be one which still had the power of speech and movement. Thank you very much. Yeah. It had me thinking, though, uh, are all the clocks in the shop people who have failed to save those trapped in the clock and have thus been turned into clocks themselves? You well, never know. Maybe. However, I'm pretty sure that the, the grandfather clock, the Lost in Time clock, was recently purchased by Hilda. It was, yes. Right. So it wasn't there all the time. Right, okay. Yeah. However, it could be a great way of, uh, of s- circumventing uh, the cost of buying the yeah. product. She never never have to purchase stock again. She just keep letting people out, not helping them, and then uh... <laughs> no, 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 getting someone else to let someone out. Oh yeah, so yeah, because the person who doesn't yeah, help yeah, them yeah, who then yeah. becomes yes, yeah, and then just the, the person the, the, that you're meant to help, you just get you get them to open it next time. So you need one sacrifice, and yeah. then everyone that comes through the clock to open up the clock for the next person and the next. No, what you do right is is you sell someone this clock, and then you don't tell them about the curse, so that when they then turn into a clock, you've got the cash, and you've now got some new stock that you can sell again. And that it. is a sustainable business model. But um, yeah, the it should be noted. Yeah, the the football player has an old timey like leather helmet and a uniform on, and obviously the um... yeah he knocks on it and he's like, uh, you know, this, this is supposed to keep me safe. So uh, so guess they're making concussion jokes now. Uh, Hilda and Zelda attempt to help out the football player whilst in school. Sabrina is trying to rectify the huge fuck up Dreamer caused, but she can't unseal or reverse a spell. So Sabrina leaves school with the two pre-war teenagers who are then all followed by a furious and very suspicious Brad. Uh, Brad keeps following them because, well, I guess they have embodied magic. So naturally he's determined to get to the bottom of it. But it's the same thing as Mr. Craft, where it's just strange things keep happening and they all relate somehow to Sabrina. Yeah. And he doesn't know what that could possibly mean. Because the four of them even ran into Mr. Craft 
and uh, he, he was about to give them detention, but then Sabrina was like, oh, no, 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 these are just part of my, you know, interactive presentation uh, for the yearbook, you know, bit of this, bit of that, and he goes, no, 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 and he's like, all right, well, we better get those costumes back to the costume shop, and Mr. Kraft just turns and goes, there isn't even a costume shop, but I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah, like, yeah, he's he's reached a point of resignation with all this stuff now. Yeah. Like, I'll probably never really work out what's going on. But now he's got a young apprentice who can do the yeah. uh, legwork for him. So, uh... Ah. Ah. What if we find out that Mr. Kraft has a witch hunting gene too? No, he doesn't have a witch hunter's gene. He doesn't, but he, they have a similar... Um issue where they have actually been touched by magic, Mr. Crafton being married to a witch, even though he didn't realise, mm-hmm. and um, Brad by having this witch hunter's gene, which causes him to suspect witches and be able to identify them, but not know what they are. So it's the same kind of thing where they, they know something's up, and they there's some there's a vague familiarity to the strange things that happen, but they can't ever put their finger on what it is. Yeah, it's like deja vu. Everyone arrives back at the clock shop, and fortunately, the football player knows the two other kids, and the mystery is solved, so they all return back to their correct time. Uh, it turns out the football player was supposed to go on a date with the girl, uh, but they never did, so that's why he's lost. He always regretted it, so they run off, and then the third wheel is actually pretty all right with it. In fact, he also asks Hilda out. He's a, yeah. re- he's a real uh, hot dog, as they'd say back there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously Hilda is a you know young spry... 620-year-old. Yeah, yeah. he's just a young teenager. Yeah. Rejoicing sadly isn't on the menu, however, as Brad has clocked them in the shop, and they must think of a way of getting rid of him pronto. Hilda and Zelda feel a little off, and it comes to light that Brad is in fact a witch hunter, or rather a mortal born with a witch hunting gene. Uh, they work this out by getting um, was it some divination rods uh, that revealed you know the truth. But this this brings a whole if if Brad is of witch hunter descent, that means back in the day. There were witch hunters, which brings a whole sort of new... How Did Hilda and Zelda live through the witch hunting era? Yeah. The Salem witch trails, did they involve witch hunters? And of course, naturally, there was the, the famous witch hunter general. Matthew Hopkins? Yes. Yeah. So it's Vincent like, Price. Mm, um, it's that thing of how how far back do, do do witch hunters go? But it also got me thinking. I mean, does does he come from a long lineage of witch hunters, or was he just born with this mutated gene that allows him, you know, with this ability to see? No, I I think it's got to be it's got to be a uh, hereditary hereditary. Mm. Brad has no idea what he's doing, but he can sense magic, and when he does, it makes him all suspicious and moody. Kind of like you know, he's uh, he's hypnotized and he just follows the the magical trail before him. I was gonna liken it to smelling a fart and trying to figure out who did it. <laughs> it does look like that. Yeah. That's what he does. Someone has discharged some magic somewhere, and it's up to him to find out who. Hmm. Something's not. Something's not right here. Ooh, someone died and cast a spell in here. <laughs> and to make matters worse, if anyone reveals themselves to be a witch in front of him, whether it's by accident or on purpose, they turn into a mouse for a hundred years. There's worse things. Yes, like being a cock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sabrina returns to school convinced that the mouse Brad just happens to be carrying is Dreamer, but it turns out it's just his tumour-ridden science project. Fuck, are you going to do with that? And the Dreamer is as okay as she 
can be, I guess. Sabrina is worried because uh, Dreamer vanished at the same time Brad did, so she just thinks that the tumour-infested rodent is obviously her student. Uh, Harvey's pulled through on his promise and gives Sabrina the yearbook and a heartfelt letter of recommendation. That was really lovely, by the way. Yeah, it, it, it's short and sweet, and he describes in his in his beautiful words that Sabrina is uh, incredibly, you know, wonderful, thoughtful, creative, and he actually uses the word magical in there as well, which is, um, you know, is, is, is a really nice touch. See, season four, our OTP still bring the feels. And not only that, I think it was that moment of Brad leans over to Harvey and just goes, your girlfriend's weird. And Harvey just smirkingly, happily just goes, I know. Yeah, that, that was yeah, great as well. That was so beautiful. Yeah. Sabrina calls Dreamer a terrible witch, but a great friend. And with that, we realise that, yep, Valerie is no more. She ain't coming back. She gone. She is gone. R.I.P. R.I.P. Valerie. Yes, well, Valerie. Who's also still alive and well, hopefully, in Alaska. But um, who knows? <laughs> Lots, as we say, lots that can befall you there, up to and including polar bear moorings. So, um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. The credits roll and Brad made yearbook editor, with Mr. Craft's help, no doubt, and Salem made the cuckoo clock replacement. He did. Yeah, not a, not a Salem heavy episode, this. No, no. Not, not, no. not so many good Salem gags. We do get a bit of a cry at the end as he's forced to cuckoo for everybody. It's just a shame that, you know, when the cuckoo clock opened, it wasn't just Salem's arsehole pointing and spitting something out of it. And that's what we all really wanted, wasn't it? Our whole sort of discussion about, you know, people becoming, um, you know, sentient cocks and things. Maybe the speaking cock isn't a recording. <laughs> Maybe it's somebody sentenced... Maybe it's somebody sentenced to just tell people the time over the phone for eternity. Wow, that is, oh my, that is dark. I'm yeah. going to ring it up and ask if she's all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Beep once. <laughs> <laughs> At the tone, the time will be beep 12. At the beep, the time will be kill me beep. She is Big Ben. Wow. Deeply chilling. Yeah. Try getting some sleep tonight, chaps. Well, there we go, boys. Episode two of season four, Dream a Little Dreamer. Me. Uh, I, for one, uh, really enjoyed this episode. I think it expanded on everything and everyone. You know, we were introduced in the last episode. Uh, but again, I agree with you, Chris, that this really should have been the season opener. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah good to good, yeah. good to see Good to see where, where, where the land really lies now. Um, interested to see what Brad and uh, Mr. Craft's uh, schemes will uh, uncover with regard to Sabrina, what challenges she will face. And also the added variable of the fact that obviously you know Brad is uh, Harvey's Harvey's best bud, and uh, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of drama that can be caused by Dreamer. Mm. But um... I feel I feel like you know like celebrity names you combine the two. I think we need to do that for Brad and Craft. Crad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Braft. What's his last name again? We could put they could combine the first names and call him Brillard. But, um... Brillard. <laughs> A brillard pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brillard. There we yeah, go. Brillard. There you go. Yeah. Brillard. Very excited by this new uh, brillard coalition. Uh, two very evil characters in their own unique ways coming together, uh, to, I guess, to screw over Sabrina. Uh, but Brad, in particular, he actually doesn't know why he's evil, so it's a nice little twist on that. Yeah, he doesn't, know, he, doesn't, he doesn't know why he feels the way he does. Yeah. But he hates feeling that way, so he'll do anything to sort of get rid of that feeling, which may involve getting rid of Sabrina. I was going to make a homosexual joke. Right? I was just going to make the same point. Maybe it was, maybe he's, he's got Well, yeah, could be, could be, could be, yeah. you know, could, could be, could be that, uh, could, could be that too. I hope so, because yeah, then even more layers. He of, could be uh, a homosexual win- witch hunter. Exactly. 
Yeah. Not a homosexual witch hunter. He's not a homosexual witches. He's a homosexual who happens to also be a witch hunter. Yes. That's the one. That's yes, the one. That's yeah. it. But not a homosexual witch hunter. No. That's in something entirely different. No. And probably illegal. I yes. just wait I just wait to think of him like Reed in um Sulty, where he's like, oh, I'm an antique burglar. Well not an antique burglar, I mean a burglar of antiques. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Sutty's still getting a round of laughs. Well, it's come to that time where we may as well fold and uh, review this episode. So at the end of each episode we do, uh, we like to score a, the, the thing that we've just watched on a particular set of criteria. We're going to score them in magic, wit, creativity, and progression. Uh, so first of all, boys, magic, just how magical was this episode? Well, no one said, Izzy Wizzy, let's get busy. So uh... <laughs> it's definitely not as magic as Sutty. No, um... Yeah, it's quite quite a lot of magic in this episode. Um, lots of faux magic. Lots of faux magic. Yeah. Yes. Lots of magic gone wrong. Yeah. Of Dreamer. And I guess the element of finding out about Brad's character. I mean, it's not magic per se, but it's a magical concept we didn't know about. Con- yeah, concept we didn't know existed. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, as is the time clock. Lost in time clock. Lost in time clock. Um, all clocks are time clocks, of course. <laughs> 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 I'd go as far as saying four. I mean, if there was more examples of legit magic, legit magic, what am I talking about? <laughs> legit magic rather than faux magic, uh, it would have been a five, I think. But yeah, I'm happy with four. Yeah. Okay, so what about wit? Um, Some good craft lines, I think, but eh, for the most part, not the... Not, not the wittiest of, of remarks. A couple of witty moments, such as the lost in time clock, but well, other than that... Uh, happy two. with two. Yeah, cool. Happy with that. Uh, creativity. Um, well, the 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 confirmation of witch hunters. Yeah, yep. the lost in time clock. I think is a brilliant idea. You yes, could, you could almost make a whole series based around that yep. concept. So I'd say that's very creative. The the kids from the nineteen forties as well. Their yeah, outfits. They, they were an right. awful lot, yeah. but you know, yeah. I appreciate their outfits. Them all being it, there. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the the idea as well. Uh, are we going to include it? Are we going to include it? The idea about Dreamer being. Uh, completely spaced out and now because Valerie is self-conscious the thing with Dreamer is that she has no self-awareness oh, yes well, uh, but well, also okay. all that goes more into progression yeah yeah, yeah. Right. okay fine I'd say three for creativity okay three yeah, for creativity three, three for creativity and finally progression so new character which as we just discussed is you know a, a different spin on the whole Valerie thing. She's actually magic. She doesn't have self-awareness, but she does have the same propensity to cause... Chaos. Chaos, mm-hmm. yeah. Confirmation of Brad's huntery. Yeah. Hunter, yep, and potential for a conspiracy with him and Kraft. Harvey and Sabrina, sort of a reinforcement of their relationship and how sweet it can be, which, you know, to remind us how awful it would be if somebody were to tear that apart, mm-hmm. which could be about to happen. I'd say quite a lot of progression, folks. I'd say I'd say a four. Four, yeah. definitely. Four, excellent. Uh, so that gives us four for magic, two for wit, three for creativity, and four for progression, which is very rare these days. Uh, so, Chris, what does that give us all together? That gives us 13 out of 20. Yeah, improvement on the last one by one. I think it was the. I think it's the progression that did it. Yeah, you can tell we recorded these episodes back to back. That I know what mark the last episode got. <laughs> yes, <laughs> usual these days. Um, yes, you know yes. Right. yes. <laughs> But yeah, it certainly seems that this episode is getting factually better. Factually, it's getting better. <laughs> yeah. It's getting better. Fact. Numbers <laughs> do not uh, lie. Uh, yeah, our, our our ratings are absolute fact. If you disagree, 
You're wrong. <laughs> so, episode two of season four scores a 13. A great score this early on. And I don't know about you chaps, but it puts me personally in high spirits going into the rest of the season, uh, particularly with the introduction of Brad. So, fingers crossed his character becomes just as good as we believe he should be, and he could be. Uh, anyway, our next episode, number three of season four. Chaps, would you like to know what it's called? Yes. It's just a simple title, this one, so it may throw you off as I'm giving you absolutely nothing. Uh, it's called... Jealousy. Oh, jealousy. jealousy. Okay. Uh, green eye. You know, green eyed monster. Something there. Sabs is jealous of Harvey and Brad's relationship. She quite literally becomes a green eyed monster, and it's up to Dreamer to uh, reverse it. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I was thinking maybe more. It is just about perhaps. Um, maybe maybe lots of different characters have reasons to be jealous. Maybe Brad is. Obviously jealous of uh, Sabrina and Harvey. Or maybe Sabrina in turn is jealous of Brad and Harvey. Um, Dreamer's jealous of Sabrina's powers. Yeah. And... Salem's jealous that the war on Pluto is still mm-hmm. uh, happening without giving him credit. Yeah. And yeah, and so, yeah, there's just, just a general just air of jealousy that uh, hangs over um, our entire cast. Do like the idea of Sabrina turning into a literal green-eyed monster, uh, but as far as now, all I can tell you is that episode three is called Jealousy. Uh, missing Valerie, Sabrina grows very jealous of Harvey and Brad's close relationship, so much so that she develops a serious condition called gelatosis. So, gelatosis is... Well, you'll have to tune in and find out. So, join us for episode three. But as for episode two, thank you very much for listening. I've been Phil Dean. I've not been alone. As you would have heard, I've been joined by my most wonderful friends. First of all, thanks, Graham Riley. Hello. Goodbye. And thank you very much, Chris Evans. Hello. Goodbye. So if you would like to get in touch with us, I know we're not very active on the socials, but we we will be if uh, Twitter and Facebook stop being so miserable and shit. Uh, But uh, yeah, if you would like to get in touch with us, then you can. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch. And on Facebook, you can find us just by typing in Sabrina the Teenage Watch. And, you know, we will be there from time to time. Um, You can also uh, be absolutely awesome and leave us a five-star review on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called these days. Uh, That's how uh, podcasts get... um, more visibility online, you know, the the more reviews we get, the higher up we get, and the more eyes and ears we are introduced to. So if you would like to give us a wonderful uh, five-star rave review, then you can. Uh, and also, if you want to host any illegal raves in our name, then you are more than welcome. We won't call the fuss, promise. And finally, any donations you would like to offer us, uh, you know, for, for hosting this show, then you are more than welcome to do so. Uh, you can head to our coffee page, that's www.coffee. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch. You can find us there and uh, you can donate anything from a small cup of coffee or many small cups of coffee. It's up to you. We actually had a delightful donation uh, to one of our listeners, Kimberly. So thank you very much for listening, uh, Lil Kim. And uh, yeah, your your donation is greatly appreciated. It's heartwarming for all of us. Thank you very much. Uh, So yeah, that uh, website is coffee. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch and leave us something there or not and just continue enjoying the show. It's up to you. Oh, well, boys, it just leaves us one last thing to say. May every little thing you do be be magic. magic.